it even happened when I, when like other coworkers are being disrespected and they don't want to like uh, stand up or say something. They're like, well, I can't, I can't. And I'm just like, well, that's like not fair to you. And, and yeah. And I, I remember even early on, like one of my coworkers told me like, oh, if you're having an issue with any, any uh, with like the manager and another coworker, like come talk to me first. Don't, don't like say something or do something that might get you in trouble. Like that, that might not look good on you. Just like come talk to me. And I think a lot of that was because like, there's like this fear of saying something or that we were also taught that like, well, we made it here and we have to pay our dues. And that's just not true, especially when you're younger in this thing. Like it's my first full-time job as a software engineer. And like, I was constantly being told, well, like, well, we know how things work around here. You're still new. Like this, this is just like huge idea of like, well, you need to pay your dues. I'm like, oh, that's BS. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't need to be disrespected. No, I don't need to pay my dues. Like I'm here uh, and that's and that's that. <laughs> Yo, dímelo mi gente, what up, what up, what up? If you already know, it's your boy Pavel, and I just want to welcome you to another episode of the Quien Dueres podcast brought to you by Plural. That was a clip from today's episode with our very special guest, Enrique Lopez. A little bit about Enrique, he is an LA native currently residing in Seattle, where he works at Microsoft as an engineer. He attended UC Berkeley with the hopes of breaking into the tech industry as a software engineer. In a world and industry where authenticity is not necessarily valued nor accepted he's really worked on himself to develop this unapologetic spirit that you'll hear in today's episode now i know i've spoken a lot about what it's like to work in tech but let's be real i'm in sales and within the sales organization typically at most companies the diversity is much better than it is in, in technical roles such as engineering so my experience is going to vary dramatically to someone like Enrique where it's even less diverse so I'm very excited to share this episode with you all because I think it provides a very different perspective than some of the other episodes that you've heard thus far all right now one last thing before actually getting to the episode wherever you are listening to this podcast please 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 do us a favor like subscribe and if there is an option to leave a review please do so we really appreciate not only your rating, but your feedback on what we're doing well and what you would like to see from us in the future. With that said, let's get into the episode. All right. Uh, so I always start off with the same question, and I guess I'll start off there. You know, when people tell you to be your authentic self or when you, when you hear the word authenticity, what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think the first thing it usually starts with is like consistency. Like we... Uh, like, are we being like consistent, like with friends, like who we are, it's like with our friends is like one person who we are like by ourselves is one person who we are like with families, another thing who we are at work, who we are at school and also who we are in our relationships, you know, like, so I would say cons being consistent in like as many areas or as much as possible, right? Like the way I treat one person and the way I behave in one thing isn't going to necessarily always translate, but I would say like being and like feeling consistent is like for sure. Number one. I uh, for that too. Where where do you see yourself being consistent versus yourself being like if you had to rank it maybe like from most consistent yeah. to least consistent, are you like mostly yourself with family, friends, and least consistent somewhere else? I think that in the past like uh probably three years, I I feel like consistent almost everywhere. Uh and like before it's because I've also been like someone who like 
has always been I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do my own shit always. And like, I usually carry like a sense of like not giving a fuck about like, oh, like what my parent thinks or what this person thinks and these different things. But I would say like in the past like two, three years, I felt most consistent in almost every area. And sometimes my mom doesn't like that or doesn't wanna hear everything. <laughs> but uh, I would say like, yeah, like in everything, like even when I was in school growing up, like that's how I was uh, with like teachers and also older people. Like I always was like the same way. Like, yeah, I, I never really cared. And then I would say like the hardest transition is always like work in school. Uh, Cause I, and when I say school, I don't mean like, like my K through 12 experience. Cause a lot of that was, uh, was like being in like a middle school and high school that was mostly like brown and black. But then when it came to like UC Berkeley, it's a lot more wider. Or if there's people of color, like they're white performing. So like whiteness is still very dominant, even if that they don't hit that 50% mark. And so I'd say like, you know, going to higher education and then also work were like the things that I needed to like learn the most. Because uh, that one like I would, will always feel like more of a threat uh, in some sense to like being authentic. Yeah. Oh, man, you said so much there. I mean, what happened... What happened two, three years ago when you just maybe hit like a point where you couldn't do it anymore and you stopped yeah. like faking it? Yeah, I would say, I would say like it kind of all starts with like yourself though first. Like, uh, and like that's why earlier when I mentioned consistency, like, are you like being consistent? Like, who you are by yourself is that also consistent with everywhere else, right? Because I could be one person when I'm alone and like uh, to myself and to my thoughts, but if I'm still giving something else and performing something and just, like in every other aspect that I'm still not being consistent. And so I would say like, I first need to like be consistent with myself and like feel like what I was doing was real. And what I was doing was like, yeah, this feels good. This is comfortable. This is, this is like who I am. And then, and that kind of started for me uh, in college, like my sophomore year of college. And a lot of that like was around the election, uh, right? Like a lot of times that was like a huge, but I, I think for like a lot of, uh, people it like forces you to that like that 2016 election forced you to really think about like your relationship to like your own race and I'm sure like white people have met like their relationship to other people yeah. but for me it was just like a big like whoa like this shit's real and this shit's really powerful and like I knew that and I experienced that but I think there was like a lot of stuff I needed to like wrestle with uh, and like shake off and mostly like shame uh, is like a big part of that and so I would say like it all, like that started like sophomore year of college, I started being more consistent with myself. And then I'm like, oh, I'm still like in this very like white dominated school. And then I'm also trying to enter tech. And I like, I had already had some experience with tech before I even got to college. And like, that was also like, just, um, I mean, it's, it's like, tech in just general, like professionalism, when we say professionalism, we usually mean whiteness and we just don't want to say that. When we say like work, we, oh, I code switch at work, we mean like because it's a white institution, but we don't feel that way if it was a POC company or everyone was POC. Uh, so I would say like, yeah, and so like learning to do that uh, was like the hardest thing for like entering the workforce in tech and also uh, learning to just like be more unapologetic while I was still in school too. 100%, man. I always say like professionalism wasn't made for us. like. Yeah. And most of the time, like when you think about professionalism, like you don't think about us. So like part of what I'm trying to do is really like redefine what that looks like through 
you know, just providing like your face, you know what I mean? And just having conversations with you when saying like, these is, this is what professionals also look like, you know what I mean? So it, it's so interesting though, you mentioned the word shame and mm-hmm. I could relate to that. Like I've been shameful of like so many things growing up, even something as simple as, you know, not wanting to, to take a picture in my grandma's house of her in her apartment. Cause I didn't think it was yeah. like Instagram worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what did what did shame look like for you? And in particular, you mentioned the elections. Like, were there certain things that were said that like stood out to you? You kind of, you know, how did that feel? I th- I think there wasn't anything in particular that stood out that like I can like name. But a lot of it was like, uh, growing up like I grew up like in LA and I'm also Mexican American. And my parents like my dad came from Mexico and my mom's also I would say as culturally saturated as my father is, even though she was born here. And so I like I grew up in this area. Everyone like for the most part, it's like I, the majority of people like do uh, like come from like immigrant Latinx communities where I grew up in LA, like really close to Inglewood. And so I grew up in this space, right? And I have all of this and, but just like uh, being in proximity to whiteness and like, you know, we see these things like whether it's like in the media or like the city next door that has more money or like the high school next door that is more well off and, and mostly white. And so a lot of that shame was, I would say for me in particular, it was, it was like more on like an extreme. For some people, it's like, oh, I feel like, I th- and I think a lot of people do feel it. And so like for me, shame was like, I hated my skin color, I like a lot. <laughs> I used to, I, it, w- it was to the point where like, I would avoid the sun so much that like I'd be at an event. And if, uh, like I was doing a summer program at this, at this college when I was in high school and we, they would always have like little banquets every week and we'd have to be outside in the sun. And I was like, I'm not getting darker for this. So I'd, I'd sit under the table, but I was grown. I was 16 years old, still doing that shit, right? So I used to like hate my skin. I was embarrassed by it. And a lot of that like also it comes from the home, right? Like everyone's telling like quemado and like doing different things like that. Like there's always comments about like my skin versus my brothers who are lighter and not receiving those comments. So it's like shame around my skin, shame around like my features, shame around my name. I used to hate my name. <laughs> Uh, and I also like forgot how to pronounce it correctly too for a while uh, so it was it was a lot of things it was like down near my whole existence like it was shame about like language I'd be so embarrassed if my mom spoke Spanish in public uh, I would be yeah like it, it was just like yeah culturally too I remember one time telling my my parents I was like yeah I'm just gonna tell people I'm from Spain I was like there's no brown people in Spain and then I was like, let me look it up. <laughs> I find some Hitanos that are brown. <laughs> and so there's just, it was just like holistically, it was the whole thing. And then uh, at the same time, like my father was also deported when I was in middle school. And I used to be really ashamed by that. And I also used to believe like so much of like the anti-immigrant rhetoric and like blame him for that happening, even though it's not his fault at all. And so it's just like, you know, like the election comes full circle. Like I spent like, you know, I'm like learning, uh, about a bunch of stuff and like had already been in the process of like undoing some of these things but then just like the election night just like made like expedited that entire process and meant that like I had to like in many ways like grieve and like feel the pain of everything right because that stuff also does damage it's not just like oh I felt ashamed or I felt embarrassed it's like that like internalizing that is very damaging and so yeah I would say uh that's yeah, that's how I would define, like, it was holistic, it was everything. And so just like, it being like pulled front and center, right? It's like this like national conversation. It's like this big old thing, uh, really like made me hit like a breaking point, like to the point where I literally took a month off of school. 
uh, and wasn't sure if I was gonna return that semester. It's, it's crazy too, because um, sometimes out of love in a weird way, I think culturally, like I saw a meme the other day, it was like, Latinos will turn your big, your Latinos will give you a nickname that's your biggest insecurity. Like, right, it's like, hey, Goldita, right? Or like, uh, hey, Moreno, or like all of these things. And, you know, sometimes it, 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 they, they, it comes out of love, but they don't understand like the impact that it has on someone. Like every like uh, country in Latin America is very different and, and countries like Mexico are far more white centered, uh, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot more uh, white Latinos, even if they did Im immigrate, right? They might share the, like the hardships of like having immigrated here, but they in many ways are either white presenting or white performing or both. And yeah. uh, especially when you come here and it's just like, we want like our, like, uh, like those things are like learned there too. And like, I'm sure like they call like, like, Mexicans call their kids quemado uh, when they're in Mexico, unless they're coming from like a more indigenous family. Uh, but when you're coming from like a, a family that's probably more mestizo uh, and or more like Spanish leaning, then like that rhetoric of like being like, uh, of like just like colorism is gonna show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that the colorism is definitely present in even the Dominican culture as well. and. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I grew up Dominican. I didn't grow up Mexican, so I'm not familiar with like everything. So some of these questions is really just me like being curious. And even yeah. in LA where you grew up, again, I mean, I grew up in New York. Like, tell me about like what that was like. What did the neighborhood look like for you? Like, was it mostly Mexican? You said that down the street potentially it was, um, it was a lot of white people. Like, just what did that dynamic look like? Yeah. So I grew up in Hawthorne, so it's it like. Uh, borders a couple cities right so one of the cities that is most known that it borders is Inglewood uh which is gonna be more like black and brown centered uh and then the another one that it borders is going to be like Manhattan Beach is right next door and, and uh, if you know anything about Manhattan Beach it's like super fucking white and also super yeah. white. and so it's just like a lot of my a lot of my clients live there and these are just like CEOs of certain companies type yeah. of shit they have hella money and it's uh, they're also hella racist every single time i go out there at least now like i'm not taking that shit and check <laughs> uh but like so there's there's that's like that proximity so like my parents like met and and had started uh together like in inglewood my mom lived there and my dad had uh, spent a lot of time there uh as well and so it's like that's like the in between and then hawthorne itself is more of a gradient of a city uh there are there there was a time when the city was more white uh and like italian leaning but then from like white flight like then we ended up it, it becoming a city that had a lot more like latinos and uh black people but if you go like east of hawthorne it's gonna there's gonna be more black communities if you go west towards the beach cities it's gonna turn more white and, and like the houses get more expensive if you're more like central going towards inglewood it'll be a mix of like uh, black or brown and then when it comes to like Latinos that are around, I think that Latinidad looks very different in every uh, part of the United States. And so we'll find that like in LA, there tends to be a lot more Salvadorians, uh, people from Honduras and also like Mexicans and just like Central America. Uh, and then like in the East Coast, you're right, we have like Cubans and we have like, uh, there's like a lot more like Dominican people, Puerto Rican people. That was the first time I was ever exposed to like a whole community of that when I went to those. And so I would say LA was like mostly Mexican. Uh, and there was also Salvadorian and Hondurans. And then being around sort of a lot of people that look like you, right, for most of the time growing up, 
Um, what did that level of Latinidad look like for you? You mentioned that in some ways it wasn't comfortable because of your skin color, you felt ashamed of your name. Um, and even like there was that language barrier, right? As far as like your family communicating in Spanish, like what did that overall feel like being around um, all this Latino Latinidad? Yeah, and so I was just mostly like the outlier, right? Like I didn't learn shame in my own community. I mean, outside of like my skin, uh, but that was like, me being uh like i grew up like uh very much like in like the culture and i would say like chicano culture it's very different than like mexican culture like G like latinos in la have really created this like and it very separate than like the political identity of being chicano but just like la chicanos have created very much like their own uh i would say like culture and like nuances to things that obviously are like heavily enriched by like the countries that people come from but so I grew up in all of that, like, and also like my parents used to uh, be gang affiliated. So I also had like the low riders around, like I have a 65 Mustang now. I uh, always had like, so there's just like a lot of like cultural aspects of like what you would expect a Latino from LA to experience. Like that's what I grew up in. Uh, but the difference was like, I was also like very smart uh, in the sense that like I learned fast. And so then there's like this idea of like, of, oh, I'm very different than these people. And I'm, and it's like, if I wanted, I like, I understood being like getting myself out as also distancing myself completely uh, from like the culture and like from these different things. Uh, and so it's like, as I'm trying to distance myself from these things, uh, I'm also uh, like peeking over, seeing what's nearby, right? I'm like participating in like organizations and I'm seeing, uh, there's like all these different people and I'm like trying to be part of that, trying to be part of that. Cause I know I'm going to leave one day. It's like, and so a lot of that was like my own doing for sure. And the, uh, like even in my college essay, I wrote about like how I was like trying to be the opposite of what I had grown up in, in every single way. And then identifying academics as one of that without realizing that, uh, that like, that just like was like not the case or also like not necessary at all. Yeah, I feel like that a lot of times too, man, because I, I mean, where I live right now, I live in, it's a town called Riverdale in the Bronx, but yeah. it's pretty much the suburbs. And I feel like, oh, I'm able to live here because I have a certain amount of money. But at the same time, like, I'm not around people that look like me. So it's kind of like, the more successful you get, or like, you know, certain yeah. type of schooling, etc, like the, the further people that move out. And I feel like sometimes like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, missing out on like being around my people and the culture that I grew up around. Yeah, that's actually on Seattle because it's wired as fuck here. Uh, yeah, for sure. And that definitely does happen. Uh, yeah, but eventually, like, we can always find our way back. Like, I do think I'm going to go back to LA at some point. Yeah. And tell me, so tell me about, right? Because, like, your, like, first move out of the hood, let's call it, um, or, like, out of where you grew up is is going to college, right, at Berkeley. And that's that's a that's a good ass school man like what was yeah. that like going first of all just like changing your community um aesthetically but also just like it's an amazing school like did you have imposter syndrome growing up like what were some going in there like what were some of those feelings uh, like just starting in uh, i think like everyone wants to talk about imposter syndrome <laughs> that is like also uh like and i think that a lot of times like the thing that is missed there is like the extra level that like comes by being racialized. And so if you are someone who is racialized and like that also like is a gradient, right? Like, so people who may be racialized most will be black people. 
uh, people who are like white Mexicans will be far less. People who are more brown like me will be more in the middle, right? And so it's like, if you are racialized and you're also feeling like, oh, like I don't belong here. How did I get here? Right? Like you st I'm struggling so much more than these people. Uh, I'm like not able to perform. I like didn't have like the same uh, education that they had when they came into this place. So I like definitely felt out of place. And then I would say like the most out of place I ever felt was like, it was definitely like my freshman year dorm. Like, right, I have to show up to this place every single day. I'm sleeping there and I'm just like very different than everybody. Uh, but, and yeah, and also there's like the mix of like, oh, I would love to be part of this, but also just like it not feeling like it's a click either. Um, and so I would say like that, that was, I think, yeah, like that image comes to mind. It's just like, oh, this is also like, when I go to classes, it's like weird and whack. No one wants to work with me, you know, even if like the GSI is assigning them to. Uh, and then I'm also going to like, and then it's like, I'm going to like my dorm and I like look at sewing on my floor and I felt like there was only one person I could like more culturally identify with. Uh, and so that was definitely like a shock. And I, at the time, wasn't like leaning into like different communities. Like I wasn't going to like, the multicultural center and that changed like I started when I started going there that was like a game changer uh when I uh I wasn't like participating in different things uh that were probably going to be best for uh, me feeling like a fit there what do you mean like what did you participate in I I think like a couple of things like I would study at the multicultural center and so like everyone there was like uh for the most part like not just POC because we'll find like at people places like UC Berkeley like if someone is like non-white and they got in, a lot of times they, were, they are also uh, performing whiteness uh, as much as possible, right? And a lot of people can do it. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that they're not experiencing racism, but they are still like choosing to like opt into and perform whiteness. And so like in the multicultural center, it's just like, oh, people are, are like POC, but they're also like, uh, they don't give a fuck about performing whiteness. And there's also like advocacy groups that are showing up there and like, people like doing like real like racial work uh and so that space in itself was very very nice to just like be in and like study because i didn't like studying at the libraries uh at all with like all those other people like sometimes i try like getting a seat at this big ass table and the people were like oh no you can't sit there and then they and then i'm like walking around trying to find a seat in this library and i see like other people just like other like white or asian people just taking their seat right there and i'm just like oh, i hate this and so like the multicultural center was was dope and then i'd done like hess for a little bit and uh, not too much it's like the hispanic and engineering society uh so that was cool but and then i uh, oh yeah the biggest thing for sure is i moved into a cooperative living space that was for poc and we also like were rooted in like anti like anti-racist work and so it was very nice to be in a house with like 50 people and the people that i meet there like and people are like are all like very different like uh doing like very different specific things like right like some people are in environmentalism some people are doing like prison abolition work some people are doing like legal work some people are doing medical trying to get into medical school right and so like it was just a huge like diversity of people with in in terms of also like what they were interested in and i also got to see them and like celebrate them being like successful in what they wanted so that that was like also a really dope space to be in because I'm like feel really comfortable at home, but also I get to like witness uh, people just like who I'm more identify with and are like really doing their shit, and it, 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 that was really nice too.
Yo, that's what I try to tell people, man. Like, it's not only about like being around people that look like you, but it's around be. It's about being around people that look like you that are doing dope shit. Because if it's just people that look like you and they're not doing anything, like, where's the inspiration in that? You know what I mean? But I mean, there's that saying, right? Like, you can only be what you can see, right? So if you're a freshman coming in and you have a senior that is being themselves and also like accomplishing a bunch of dope shit, advocating for shit that really like speaks to you, then you're like, oh shit, like I could do that. You know what I mean? And it's, it's so funny that you mentioned the word, like you continue to mention the word performative. And yeah. I try to tell people that it, like, it's not something as simple as like, people think like, oh, you're being your authentic self. You curse more often and like do these things or uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that man, but it's crazy. Like I, I told people, like I used to perform, I legit used to like rehearse in front of the mirror, study, and then like go into work and like actually perform to the point where like, I knew the latest fucking, uh, God, what's that? I knew the, the latest Bruce Springsteen tracks. I knew yeah. the latest like shows so I could like jump into conversations. Um, did you do any of that? Like how much of the like performative stuff like did you, did you lead into? Uh, I would say like the, per- yeah. So I would say like, if I were to like define like my experience, I would say it was less, I would say like before, like, especially like speaking to like the things I was doing like in high school, like, right. Like, because I had internalized so much of this like shame, uh, I was never code switching. Like I wanted to be white in my home, in my friendships, at school, at work, everywhere, and even by myself. And so like, there was no code switching there. So I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was performing or I needed to like do something that was like out of my regular schedule. And so like my process was a lot less of like, of uh, performing less, but actually like rethinking, uh, and like undoing uh, like the perception I had like made for myself. And so I was never, I was never like trying to like learn or like get into things um, for like the sake of performing whiteness. I just wanted to be white. So it was like all around. <laughs> Wait, tell me about that. So instead of like, perf- like you didn't see it as a performance, you just saw it as like, this is who I am, right? Like I, I want to be white all around. Like what 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 about yeah. that process? So like what did you do? I mean it's like a weird and awkward thing right now to say, right? Like I'm like so different uh today. No, but, like I get I, it. I get it. What it was and um yeah I'm not I'm not sure. Like I would say like I wasn't code switching. Like I I just like had uh wanted to be a certain way and also like uh I guess like reach a point where like I didn't feel like I was like asking for permission to be in white spaces, but like I was like, oh, I'm just just like everyone else here. Uh, and yeah, I mean, what was that like? I'm not too sure. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm not too sure how to answer that. Like, I was just like okay. going about thinking that this is this was like who I was. Uh, and so, um, yeah, no, no worries. Um, Okay, so you're in you're in college, you're having these experiences, and then you go into like these multicultural centers, and you meet a lot of people that look like you. Like, yeah, was there was there a shift in just like how you perceive yourself, how you thought about yourself, um, in that experience? Like, did some of that shame let like? Uh, I I mean I had already been doing a lot a lot of that work already before I entered those spaces, and so like before I got into like POC house, uh, and before I was I even going to like the multicultural center and these different things like. I had already done a lot of that work on my own. Uh, and then I like stepped into those things like my junior year and I was like, oh, this is like nice and affirming, uh, but it wasn't uh, necessarily uh, something that was like catalyzing the actual growth or change that needed to happen. Um, 
Yeah, so like sophomore year, sophomore year of college was when I was, was 2016 election. And then I like, that was my first semester, my, that was my fall semester there. And then I just like take hella time off and I, uh, and yeah, and then I like was still like learning. I still had like friends who were Latino in school. You know, I still have my friends I grew up with who are also like black and brown. And so I, yeah, I was just like already like I'm doing a lot of that before I got there. And so getting there was just more affirmative than anything else. Got it. And, you know, a big part of college is really like preparing you in, in many ways for like your first full time job or like that, you know, corporate America, let's call it. Um, and did you do any internships in college or? Yeah, 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 I got a lot. And I'm glad that I had already started doing like the unlearning before I entered those internships because it would have it would have. I would have started off very differently. Uh, and then that probably would have meant that I would have probably kept up certain behaviors. And so my first like real internship was after my, I had a couple jobs before, but like first internship entering tech was at Qualcomm. And so I uh, had already been like doing this like work before I got there. And so then when I got there, I was just like, I I was just like already feeling more comfortable with myself and like not necessarily like feeling like I was performing whiteness in any way. And the challenge was, uh, the challenge was like, uh, was more so of like getting in the practice of like holding my own, but also just like checking people who were doing foul shit. And so, yeah, like I had my first internship. It was cool. I was like, eh, I'm, I, I was definitely like, I'm not like the rest. And at Qualcomm, it's in San Diego. So everyone wears like their little flip flops or cargo shorts. Uh, the median age is also a lot older. It's, it's a lot more uh, white, a lot more, uh, yeah. And so just like being in that space was very different. And I just was like walking around, just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not a fit here, but I was like, I'm still gonna do it anyways. And so that was like my first internship. And uh, I really like, like the interns. They were, uh, I mean, in all ways, like uh, they were, there, there's like a handful of them who were pretty problematic, especially in group chats. And so like one day I was just like, I was like, there is like this person who also was an intern under HR and decides to keep using the n-word and calling areas uh, ghetto and I was just like oh, I'm not here for that and so I just like uh, and I also didn't befriend any interns because like I'm not like it, there was just it was just like not a fit like I had tried attending different things here and there but it was just like wasn't clicking I was like I'm not gonna force it I have, I have other friends in San Diego and so um, being there and then I like finally like uh, I was just like I don't really fuck with these people I don't really identify with them I tried doing like you know like the little stuff that were events but it just wasn't clicking and then I went to uh and then I, w I eventually just like I uh, had to check somebody and like let them know like that that shit wasn't cool and like that needed to be the last time they said anything in that chat uh and so what like was what yep. was said in that in that specific experience and by the way we could i can bleep out the name of companies and all that so that you know whatever oh i don't care yeah, <laughs> that's, totally cool. that's totally cool i was gonna release some little, like written pieces about stuff so they can know it's fine i'm not going back to qualcomm um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah definitely like uh what was said i like eventually was just like was like i i, I was coming from it of like oh like this feels really difficult to like check and I, I was just, I like took it, I was trying to figure out the best way to do it. So I had, uh, 
I had also, I think it's like pretty common knowledge that it's not okay to be saying it if you're not black. And so I was just like, encourage them to like, look it up if they really didn't understand. Uh, and then also like told them that like, uh, that they were like offending different people within that, who were part of like the intern, uh, that intern cycle. And that like any, whether they agree or not as to whether they should be able to use it or not. It, like that is besides the point because now they are like knowingly making people uncomfortable and being just knowingly being disrespectful. And like that in itself is a separate uh, conversation than whether or not you think you should be able to use it. I'm like, cause now it's about you knowing that you're disrespecting people. And now it's about you knowing that you should it and you're, and that's like a whole different conversation. And so I, I was, that's like how I had approached it. Yeah. And, and then I'll just like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did, I did it. I did it respectfully, uh, as respectful as you can be. And I just like left it at that. And I eventually like left the chat. <laughs> that's for your first, I mean, like you've obviously had some of these experiences before, but for, I think it's just different being as it's work, right? And work has such a, although it's just an internship, a lot of people's internships experiences like, oh, ultimately I wanna get a full-time job here. Or it's like, even before you start, right? Or it's like, I need these people to give me a recommendation so that I can ultimately get a full-time job. And I think it's so different because this has such an implication on your bank account, you know what I mean? Like how much money you're gonna make. So was it yeah. scary around like even having that conversation? especially in a sense that that wasn't directed towards you. It was more so like, if anything, you're standing up for so many other people, right? Yeah, I, I didn't even uh, consider that. And I think that that's not been a factor in, in when I've decided to say anything like, uh, yeah, I, 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 that, didn't, that like never came to mind at all. Uh, yeah, I think I was just, I, and I think that a lot of that, like, I think that like, I can like understand that fear uh but uh it was like definitely not something that has had like motivated me then also like not something that had motivated me moving forward in like any decision that i've made to like correct behavior or say something yeah. i i love that man i mean you, to be able to get to that point like you again you've done a ton of work right and yeah. i think that that month off in particular was probably like life-changing right like what was oh, most what, definitely. what was that like and i think i need to take a month off and just go through like that yeah, thought process that you went through man it wasn't fun. it wasn't fun uh i mean that that time was a hard time so like what one i have to like uh deal with so many feelings that i never dealt with uh and so like that was like very 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 heavy uh and then i couldn't like really do school like I just couldn't I couldn't focus I couldn't sleep uh I was having a lot of like depressive and anxious symptoms and I see I was seeing a therapist I was also at the same time uh that night uh there was a project due also on election night uh for one of my CS classes and it's super competitive at UC Berkeley that if you get less than a B plus on any class any of the three classes you need uh, then you won't get into the major. And so if I, I was failing this project and because of that, I was not gonna get into the major. So it was like election night and also me realizing like, wow, I'm trying so hard, but I'm not gonna get in and I'm not gonna make it in tech. That was, so it was just like, rec like feeling like, like everything was shit basically. Uh, and so I just, I just couldn't do school. And I mean, I just spent a lot of time alone and uh, not happy, but also just like, 
uh, thinking more critically and also just like reflecting uh, and just like giving myself like the space to catch up on things that I had ignored for so long. And then I eventually, I did go back the last week of school, mostly just to take finals and I did it. I just was like, I'll finish the semester and, um, and things kind of ended up working out. Uh, I still got into tech even though I didn't get into the major, which was wonderful. Um, and what were some of those like realizations coming out of it? If maybe there was like one or, or, or if you had like a top three, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing that came out of it, and I would say it's like less of realization was just more of like, uh, was just like learning to be a little bit more unapologetic. I mean, a lot more unapologetic. I think that like, you don't really feel shame when you're unapologetic, you don't. And that's part, like, if you're feeling shame, then you're not really being unapologetic. <laughs> like you're doing these things, but you're still feeling a little bit of shame. And so I think like that was what I came out with like the most. Uh, yeah, what, I, would, I would definitely say like learning to be unapologetic was like the biggest thing that I felt like I needed. I love that, man. So, I mean, yeah, I, I try to I try to have that mindset like every day, but it's it's definitely not 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 easy, man. Um, and then all right, so you have your first experience, and definitely this this time off and this reflective period definitely helps you in that yeah. first experience. But it's not your last experience. Not only not your last internship or job. Um, yeah, yeah. Were there any other experiences? Any other experiences in in tech that really just like were con were just like yeah. confronted a lot of these same ideas? Yeah, so I think that it like shows up on different levels, right? So it could show up on a more micro level of like the way I interact with my coworker or like some slide shit that a coworker said, right? That's like one, one way it could show up, but it also shows up on like institutional levels. And so like I had been like learning a lot more about that. And so I like you know, wrapped up Qualcomm, then I have my junior year. Uh, and then I had gotten Facebook and that's where we had met. And so then I felt like one of the things that I like, I like really didn't like a lot of the stuff at Qualcomm in particular. Um, I just like, I just didn't think it was like a place that was going to be fitting for a lot of people who, who, uh, who were just like young and who didn't want to cave into whiteness. And so I, going into Facebook, I had like the mindset of like, oh, like I want to get involved in like some sort of effort or something. And that was, just, that was just like the intention, but, and I didn't know what was going to end up happening there at all. And then, then I show up there, right? Team's really cool. All, all, all this talk about like bringing your full self to work. Uh, and which is like, sounds really cute. Uh, and I think, it, I think the good thing about that is like, there's a, it's a reference point, right? So then if, and it allows me, and it gives me just like something under my belt. So it's just like, well, I'm bringing myself to work and that's something that we're kind of agreeing on, right? And so whether or not like it's uh, lived out, at least it like gives us like a reference point, but like we agreed on that one. So I, I think that like that, that's definitely something that helps. And so I wasn't like necessarily experiencing stuff at like my, within like my team or like in my own interactions, but I mean, it's just like a super large company and also like had been like publishing diversity reports and seeing little to no growth every single year and taking no responsibility for it. And uh, just like serving a lot of um, like scripted responses all the time. And like, uh, yeah, and, and it's just, and so I, 
like what like week two i like start my internship and i was just like oh i want to i want to be part of like this changing right because they talk so much about diversity all this stuff right and so i was just like well i want to see what i can be a part of and the whole time i'm still a software engineering intern and by week two i just like went to my first event and it was uh uh, I'm forgetting their name, but it was a chief diversity officer hosting like a Q&A. And so then I'm like listening to the stuff. And then uh, I had asked, uh, yeah, I had asked, I had asked some questions. So I did some research. And if you ever try to like uh, talk about like diversity in tech and trying to get like articles or like different things, like I think maybe in 2020, there's a little bit more, but in 2018, it, it was I would be looking up online. I was just like, there's not much. <laughs> and uh, I was asking about, uh, I had two questions. One is uh, that like, if we remain heavily dependent on referrals then we're never gonna see a change in, uh, in our numbers. And the second point was, uh, was uh, about like, if we keep targeting schools like UC Berkeley and MIT and all of these really great technological schools that like black and brown people don't have the opportunity to enter then then what uh and so those were like my questions and so i was like a little nervous you know like second week as an intern uh but i was just like i'm gonna go go ask and stuff and she had some good responses and that was that was that was great uh then after that i was just like all right i'm gonna keep doing this and i just tried reaching out to people um on like different fronts and like and then also like showing up to q a's and like trying to ask more hard questions yeah, no, it's really, it's really important. And yeah, I mean, I, I still work at Facebook and I've always found that value really funny, like be your authentic self, but no one actually talks about what that looks like. And I feel maybe this is my opinion, but I, I feel like there's like a level of authenticity where they like don't want you to be, you know what I mean? And I think for a lot of, I think a lot of times like people of color get, get dinged for being their authentic self because they do that and then they're labeled as certain things you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. difficult to work with aggressive or like all of these things so it's it's such a vague thing and like you said like it's cute to say when you implement it and you like have when you have people of color being their authentic selves like it, there's like a a, a conflict in, in like if it's professional or not yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely uh it's definitely and I think that like when I hear be your authentic self, I, I like am reminded of how uh, as, I mean, Facebook in particular was talking about how like, I forgot who had said it when I was at a Q&A, but about like, well, you can have two white men who have blue colored eyes and there's still a lot of diversity there because they can have different interests. So when they're talking about be your authentic self, a lot of times that was for like uh, a diversity and whiteness. And I was like, that's, that's cute for them but that's not like doesn't necessarily like show up or like address like uh like racial perceptions when when people of color are themselves yeah well it sounds it sounds like you've been more comfortable being yourself like the more experience that you get maybe the more experience you get the bolder you get as well like i mean it's a learned thing right and so it's just like and so i think that like part of it's just like one you have to be willing to to like n normalize your experiences in these places uh and then like you start feeling more confident about that so like sometimes at first i was like oh like i didn't want to bring my lunch to work because like <laughs> i was making thing out of pollo and i have tostadas in my tapatio bottle and i'm like fuck yeah i'm definitely gonna be eating what i want to eat and so because i'm not gonna eat this food that's that 
I, I like always cooked well, but it's not like something that makes me feel at home. So like sometimes it's like little things, right? And so like uh, there has to be like the desire and then you just get in the practice of doing it and, and trusting that like no matter what, like you're still good. And I think that's a big part of it. And so it's a, it definitely is like learned, but it's not gonna be learned if you're not trying and it's not gonna be learned if you're not pushing yourself. And it's not gonna be learned uh, like we want everyone else to create a space for us, but we don't even try doing the little things sometimes. And uh, so I think that's like always like a really important step. It's like we want our experiences to be normalized, uh, but we have to normalize them for ourselves first. Yeah, facts. What, what, what were there any other scenarios where you, you just in, you found yourself in certain scenarios where you just like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't bring that part of myself into work. You mentioned food, for example. Was there anything else? Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it was, I think that one of the things that I, re I remembered, uh, when I was like at Facebook talking to coworkers, people were talking about like family and stuff. And I remember like, uh, just like speaking about mine and like also like referencing different things. And like, I remember like somebody having a reaction to something I said, I don't remember now what it was I said. And then when I was walking to the elevator, I was just like, that was weird, but I was happy that like I still like stuck to what I said and still said it and still was like yeah I don't care and I'm like I'm gonna keep doing that and so yeah I think there's moments where that's gonna happen and happen like it happens like it happened for me like at Microsoft it happens in school it's gonna happen in every setting hmm. yeah I mean you mentioned consistency early on in in the conversation as well like I mean, given everything you've gone through at now, at this point, like from a one to 10, how comfortable are you being your authentic self at, in like the work setting? I, I think as long as minimum requirements are met, meaning that like you're not being, uh, like you feel like there's like a level of safety or you're not being bullied, uh, right? So then I feel like I, like I am authentically myself, like for sure. Uh, and like always, uh, there's times where that wasn't the case, but I was also being bullied by a manager. And so I like just like had shut off and was like, I'm not participating in any, any of this. Uh, and so like that was like, you know, like that requirement wasn't met. And there's also like ton of people who like are queer or like not cis or not straight. And like there's a level of, of like violence that they experience on different levels. And so it's just like, uh, if like, the minimum of like safety and like not being bullied or harassed is like not met, uh, then I don't expect people to, to like keep pushing themselves uh, if like they're not safe. That's it. And it's, it's so interesting that you chose the word safety because most people think about just being plain uncomfortable, right? But safety is like another severity. I mean, it wasn't what until this year that the Supreme Court passed that it's illegal to discriminate for work based on like sexual orientation, like yeah. until this year. And, yeah. you know, people think about these large corporations that have somewhat protections in place, but a lot of, a lot of companies like don't, you know, a lot of these smaller companies, like you will get retaliated against depending on like how you self-identify. Yeah. And there's like limits to that too. Right. Like uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of like, uh, a lot of like those things need to be like named right so like we might experience so many microaggressions and well the person never explicitly mentioned my race uh so because of that it's not considered discriminate racial discrimination and because of that it's not protected 
uh, it's not considered one of those protections. And so, uh, and that's the same thing for like queer people. If you are uh, like a cis male, but also queer and you are maybe perceived as emotional and then your manager starts taunting you for that. Uh, but because he never specifically mentioned that like your sexuality, then it doesn't, then it doesn't count as discrimination, right? But like, we can still be like, as like protections only go so far legally if like no if our race or orientation or gender is not being named then it's totally cool for the most part wow yeah i never thought about that did you yeah. go through some of those scenarios where like it was clearly one thing in in your yeah. head but because it wasn't mentioned you couldn't necessarily proceed yeah, with certain one, one yeah. thing for sure so like uh, i'm also queer and i that's like a, an identity i've been like sitting with a lot more in the past two three years and I remember that, so I was asked a personal question by my manager, my old manager. And uh, he had asked me something about my family and I just told him, oh, there's just a lot going on. And my voice had cracked when I had said that because uh, there was a lot going on. And I didn't say much, all I said was there's a lot going on and my voice cracked and that was it. And then he went on for like two months uh, calling me emotional and uh, making it a joke and like uh, telling people to put it up on like, we went bowling, he told them to put my name up as emotional. Uh, it just was like nonstop. And, uh, and then I had to like, really like check him and make sure it was like, he completely stopped. And right, so like, uh, the, because I'm like deviating from like what a man should be in terms of like the way in which we communicate emotions, then I'm start starting to get like bullied for this and stuff. And so uh, at Microsoft, like we had this like, case opened up against my old manager. And it was just a really robust case because that was that was only like one small thing compared to like 20, 30 different things that he just was doing. And so when they were investigating that particular portion, uh, they were investigating whether it could be counted as discrimination or not, like legally. And the lawyers ruled that it would not be counted. Uh, and I wasn't trying to push for it. I was just like letting them know that like, that like, you know, it's like I was being bullied because I'm deviating from like this, this uh, particular behavior that is expected of me. And so, uh, yeah, and so it became like, yeah, that was like part of like the case. And, and then it, it's like legally, well, it's, it's like, well, if it was not named, then it doesn't matter. Wow. Yeah, man, it's, it's wild how much of someone's experience could really be dictated by one person. You know what I mean? Like you could work for this huge organization, but you have, yeah you have your manager who's really there to like make you be successful. And so much of your experience is determined by that one person, you know what I mean? Cause he has so much control, he or she has so much yeah. control over your growth. All right. And then there's that power dynamic as well. Like did the power dynamic have like come into play at all as far as like your ability to, cause part of your authenticity is not only how you show up just like, um, just like visually, but also like you're outspoken, you're fearless, right? Like did that sort of, hide it in a way because of that power dynamic uh there was that it, it did in the beginning uh i was i it was like very early on like i never had a good relationship with him it was i mean by like the third week he was telling he was asking me why i was a software engineer and telling me that i didn't know anything and so i was i was just being disrespected from the beginning uh and he was like creating dynamics that were making it a lot harder to like learn and just like work in just general and so in the beginning, it was like definitely really difficult because I was like, I had been so insecure about like my, 
like whether or not I belonged in the space for so long uh because I just like you know I didn't get into the major I was like I don't I'm and then I also didn't get a return offer uh from my previous internship and so like my confidence was already low and so because of that and like now how and I felt like I was told you don't belong here in so many different ways and it was the first time that I was being told that like just explicitly and verbally and so yeah it definitely like played a big role in the beginning but after like two months uh and then opening up like a case I was just like nah <laughs> that's not true and then I just was like started to speak up more like a lot more and it just like kept leading to like constant disagreements where like uh where he can like lose his cool and be more disrespectful and be like uh calling people out of character and raising his voice and I'm like there calm collected being like professional you know it's like this whole thing because like in the back of my mind I was like well I have this case and he doesn't know about it um and so like I'm just I was going about it but I was just like well you're wrong and <laughs> on these things and like sometimes he'd be like try to yell at us for like not knowing how to do something I was just like well we've been here for like seven months if that if it was that important you should have brought it up earlier we didn't even know this thing existed <laughs> and he was just like always oh, just like uh, yeah, it was just always irrational. And so I like just, it just, once I like started speaking up, then after that, I just kept maintaining it and like, and maintaining like what is like fair and what's not fair and, and, and like verbalizing that for sure. Bro, man, it's, it's wild. Cause some, so many of these things happen and, you know, I've been saying for so long, like these conversations, a lot of time get they go untold you know what i mean like they sometimes get on glassdoor but they're told anonymously so like people think they're made up or i mean i'm encouraged by people to not share my to share the thing more 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 out uh because then it's like oh well like then it's like other people in the company might see you this way it might be harder for like transfers that doesn't look good on you and um like, i remember i was thinking about making like a little post on medium or something and people mm -hmm. were like Tell me not to, tell me not to. And these are people who are uh, also POC and also like, uh, you know, like know, know quite a few things and like deviate from whiteness, but it, there's still like this like huge like fear of like saying something and, and, and uh, sticking up for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember just working, I mean, I've been on Facebook for three plus years. I've been at least maybe four articles that were posted on Medium from Facebook employees. And some of them were anonymous. And I remember when they were posted anonymous, like I heard coworkers tell me they were like, these articles are made up. No way this, no way this really happened. Yeah. So yeah. part of, part of like what I want to do is really like put a face to put a face to the name, but also put a face to some of these stories, man. So I just want to say like, honestly, like not even cause this is being recorded, but like, I really appreciate just like your vulnerability, your transparency, your, and your just like fearlessness and just sharing some of these stories, man. Cause to your point, it'll probably open up someone else's experience and open up their ability to just share some of this. Yeah, most definitely. And I also see that like, it even happened when I, when like other coworkers are being disrespected and they don't want to like yeah. uh, stand up or say something, they're like, well, I can't, I can't. And I'm just like, well, that's like not fair to you. And, and yeah, and I, I remember even early on, like one of my coworkers told me like, oh, if you're having an issue with any, any, uh, with like the manager and the coworker, like 
come talk to me first. Don't don't like say something or do something that might get you in trouble. Like that that might not look good on you. Just like come talk to me. And I think a lot of that was because like there's like this fear of saying something or that we were also taught that like, well, we made it here and we have to pay our dues. And that's just not true, especially when you're younger in this thing. Like it's my first full-time job as a software engineer. And like I was constantly being told, well, like, well, we know how things work around here. You're still new. Like this, this is just like huge idea of like, well, you need to pay your dues. And like, all oh, that's BS. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't need to be disrespected. No, I don't need to pay my dues. Like I'm here uh, and that's and that's that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. Cause I tell my mom some of these stories about like my own experiences and I'm like, mom, you know what? Next time they say something, I'm going to say something. They're like, mijo, no, no, no. Like <laughs> be, be happy that you're there. Like don't this and that. I'm just like, oh, mom. Oh. And that's also behavior that we're taught. And we do that for everything. Uh, we're, and it's like, we're taught that in so many different ways of like, if like, one, and, and I think it comes from two different things. One is that like, we still, like a lot of that reason is because we still feel like we're asking for permission to be in these spaces. And because white people don't feel that way and white people don't take that. And maybe they do, maybe, but a lot of them won't. And a lot of that's because they don't feel like they're asking for permission to be there. And so it's just like, when we still feel like, oh, I'm like barely getting permission to be here. Why am I going to speak up, you know? And the other thing too is just like, we're constantly given like breadcrumbs and taught that like, well, if you're not taking it, you're not being grateful, then that's just gonna be the end of the road. We're not working with you anymore. And I remember when I was talking to other people, uh, I don't know if, if you were part of this conversation or not, but I was like, uh, we're, I was talking to different people at Facebook who were full-time employees about like ideas and like approaches and like suggestions that would probably like really uh, make uh, more significant change. And a lot of it was like, oh, that's too much to ask for. No, no, like that's too much. That's too much. And like the feeling like, like we just have to take what we're given and say thank you. Uh, because if not, then like that's just the end of it. Nah, man, I definitely wasn't part of those conversations. I think you and I connected more so on just because uh, I was on the I'm still on the sales side and it was more so just like career, like who can I connect you to and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, man, because we're giving breadcrumbs and we should be grateful. Meanwhile, like I don't think my mom knows that like, yo, other people are getting full loaves of bread out here. Yeah. 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 The whole thing, the whole thing is just like real interesting and like, yeah, but all, all in all, it's like, it's, it's worth like pushing and it's worth like being clear of like, like what is fair and what is ours. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And we're, we're almost out of time, man. And there's so many things that we need to get into that I just want to like ask you more questions on, but I'll end it here and, and just ask you this final question, man. Given all that you've been through, um, given the growth that you've had across like all these, you know, throughout these years, what's one thing that continues to inspire, empower, encourage you to continue being your most authentic self?